Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, are my guys, Gerard Powers and Rodney McLeod. And today, we are live here on YouTube, uh, going to discuss a, a few things. Uh, the first part of this live stream, we will be talking about a little bit about the Indian, uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach search. Uh, and then in the second part, which will be released on the audio tomorrow, we will be going over the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, now the first part will also have kind of looking over the wild card uh, a little bit and see, you know, if there was any surprises there, what we thought of, of some of the events that had transpired, but how's everybody going today, today, Gerard, Rodney? Going good. Going good. Got the week off strong. Yeah, man. I'm a uh, blessed week's going, you know what I'm saying? We end up what Tuesday now. So all is well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right. So we all know that the Indianapolis Colts have been heavy on the head coaching search announcement of guys that have came in already. They, you know, the special teams coordinator for the Colts, Bubba Ventrone, uh, has had, you know, his, his talk about the, the head coach. Um, Rodney, I know that you, you know, a little bit about Bubba. What, what are your thoughts about Bubba Ventrone? Uh, yeah, Bubba's a real good coach, uh, as, you know, I think a lot of you guys have heard uh, on the outside. But, you know, internally, man, you know, we we all think very highly of Bubba, um, understanding his background, you know, being a, a former player, uh, special teams uh, guru, man. You know, he, he shows us a lot of his clips, have a lot of respect for him. Uh, we actually crossed paths uh, while I was playing. So that shows that shows my age a little bit. But no, overall, uh, he's a great coach, man. You know, he teaches the game nonstop. Uh, he holds guys to, you know, the highest standard. Um, and, you know, he holds accountability close to his heart. And so, you know, he he demands the the most out of us. I think he gets the best out of his players. Um, and that's what you see, you know, since he's entered uh, the Colts, you know, organization. And I've seen it firsthand this past year and, you know, how good our special teams were and, you know, coming up big. So, you know, I know that's probably the next step for him is um, getting that opportunity maybe as a head coach. So, you know, we'll see. But I, but I think he he has um, he has a lot of credibility, you know, in the locker room. All right. Gerard, do you have anything to add to that? No, I don't know him personally, so I don't. I'm, I'm OK, not, I can't make a comment on it. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to go through some names here uh, on a list that the has already been you know established that they have either already interviewed or have requested interviews for and if you know the person or have any thoughts about them at all feel free to stop me and uh go ahead and, and say what you would like to say about it uh the deep lions defensive coordinator alan glenn um they've also got the lions offensive coordinator ben johnson which a lot of Colts fans are very, you know, intrigued by that being the, how the uh, the Lions offense has looked this past season. Um, Raheem Morris, the the Rams defensive coordinator. Um, 
the Broncos defensive coordinator, which is very difficult. I, I do not know how to pronounce it. I am sorry. Evero, I assume, is his last name. Uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Anyone have anything to say about Eric or or uh, your thoughts about, you know, maybe why he hasn't been hired as a head coach or anything? Because he's had a lot of interviews over the last few years and has yet to get, uh, I, I assume, an offer. Yeah, I mean, his name's been coming up the last few years uh, just as the, you know, hot next coach and waiting and all that, that uh, I guess the terms that come with the the new coaching. Um, but, uh, I mean, if he gets a shot, I mean, offensively, you, you should feel very confident in him coming in and being able to fix some of the problems that we had offensively, whether it's with scheme or uh, just his knowledge himself. I mean, he's been very successful as offensive coordinator, him under Andy Reid. And uh, I mean, everybody knows how good of a coach Andy Reid is from his days in Philly. And now, you know, at Kansas city and the run that they're on. So uh, him, you know, if he was the guy to get the job and he bringing some of that juice to to Indy and that flavor to Indy, I mean, that would be exciting to, to see. But, uh, you know, everybody we don't know what's going on in these interviews that's that's making him not, you know, get certain jobs over the past few years. So uh, maybe it's some up with that or, or uh, whatever the case may be. But he's definitely been a hot name uh, when it comes to the coaching search, not just for Indy, but uh, anybody that's looking for a head coach. I think his name is definitely going to be mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to drop in here real quick and remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from the NFL and the bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team up matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use that promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. We got a couple guys left to go over real quick with the uh, head coaching search. Um, obviously, the Rams defensive coordinator has a bevy of requests that has filed in um D'Amico Ryans uh mm. his name has been around all over the place this all, uh last couple years actually you know and oh, that's Tampa right uh, uh 49ers 49ers yeah 49ers I think I mean, 49ers, uh, that's what I meant I think when he became defensive coordinator a couple years ago uh I think everybody just knew that he would eventually be a hot name uh I mean this is the his actually first year of getting interviews and, and, and doing those type of things. But uh, D'Amico is definitely a up a young upcoming coach that's done a tremendous job, you know, with the 49ers defense the past two years. He's a hell of a guy. I played against him when he was in Houston uh, for my four years when I was in Indy. And uh, ironically, uh, when I took my official visit to Bama, he was actually one of my hosts. Uh, so uh, just knowing D'Amico since college days and, uh, playing against him as a professional. I mean, he has the mindset and the the knowledge to to become a head coach and be a successful one. Um, you know, he he's definitely a hot name that you know everybody's trying to 
you know, get in their interview room just to, you know, see where he's at, you know, as far as his development and becoming a head coach. But uh, track record so far, resume starting to look good when you look at the 49ers defense ever since he took the Ram, uh, you know, took took over a couple years ago. Absolutely. Um, and the last name, which I believe Rodney knows a little bit about, uh, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Yeah, uh, you know, I spent uh, the past year uh, with, with Shane, uh, one year in Philly. Uh, he was brought over with Nick and <clears throat> quickly saw that, you know, he he had a great uh, mindset, uh, you know, as a offensive coordinator, being able to, um, you know, create different plays and, 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 and the style of offense that uh, we had, you know, that year. And, and you're seeing it. Uh, even more this year now with Jalen, you know, stepping into his second year in the offense, um, you know, it's 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 no reason, you know, why he's having a lot of success and has a lot to do with, uh, you know, with Shane and his play calling ability. Um, also, is you know his his smarts, you know, great teacher, um, and so you know he he's very quiet, doesn't really say much. You know, I don't have much interaction with him on the offense side, but you know, you could tell that um, he's a leader of men. Uh, guys rally around him. They trust him. They believe in him um, as a coach. And, you know, they're seeing the fruits of the labor now uh, as they sit at the number one uh, seed. So it's good to see him get an opportunity uh, to go um, on head coaching jobs. And that's what happens, you know, when you're on good teams. Gerard knows, man, like, you know, you, you put yourself in good position, not only as players, but coaches as well, to be able to, um, you know, have an opportunity elsewhere to, to show your worth and your value. So the Indianapolis Colts, has a former offensive coordinator from this year that is now interviewing, I believe it's with the Jets here upcoming, right? Um, Marcus Brady. Uh, Rodney, do you, I, I know it's an offensive coordinator, but what can you tell us a little bit about Marcus Brady? Uh, like, honestly, you know, the same thing. It's, you know, it's hard when you're on the other side of the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, what I know is, um, you know, he, he, he was a great, uh, coach, you know, he obviously, uh, ended a little early for him here, unfortunately, but just over time, I know he had a respect from a lot of guys offensively, uh, guys were sad to see him go. And so, you know, I'm glad to see that he, um, has interest still, you know, in this league and that shows his character that shows, uh, you know, his football IQ and, and who he is as a, as a leader, uh, and so glad to see him have an opportunity. I, I think he was, you know, with uh, Philly for a second once he left us. Uh, so it'd be good uh, to see him get another opportunity to coach. Absolutely. Um, so it came out. I don't know how accurate this is, but from what I'm understanding, the New Orleans Saints uh, put out that, you know, as many people know, Sean Payton is still – you know, they, the Saints still have the rights to Sean Payton, and they have put out a thing where if you want Sean Payton, from what I'm understanding, they want a late first to an early second round pick in order to give up the rights to him. Is that something that 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 uh, a team would do? Is is give up like high end picks for uh, a coach? Yeah, if it's worth it. I mean, it's all about the value that you're 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 placing on guys that's coming into your organization. I mean, when you talk about Sean Payton, I mean, he's a proven coach in this league. He's he's one of the best coaches in the league when he was, you know, actually coaching. Uh so, you know, for him to 
I mean, for the Saints to still own his rights and uh, everybody still have to go through the Saints to even get permission to interview him and do all those type of things. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. Uh, you know, so if the Saints, you know, wanted to be a-holes about it, I'm pretty sure, I mean, they could just stop what they're, you know, doing and make Sean Payton have to come back to the Saints if he really wanted to coach. But if you're going to let a great coach, uh, probably a future Hall of Famer type coach, you know, leave your organization, you're going to want something in return. You're just not going to let, you know, somebody of that value just walk away. Okay. All right. So um, this past weekend was wild card weekend. And I don't know. I got all the games right, or at least the the victors. Uh, that, that was kind of odd. I didn't expect that. What's really strange is the NFC. It looks like it's the NFC East versus the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, my goodness. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Where in the divisional round, three of the four teams are in the same division. Uh, let's go over some of the games that we saw this past weekend, um, especially, you know, so, some of the, the the very, very good games. We just got done talking about D'Amico Ryans uh, and, and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 41-23 over the Seahawks. Uh, it, either of you have any uh, anything to say about that game? Uh, that score kind of didn't dictate how the game went. Uh, that first half, it was a battle. Seattle was up, you know, a point in that first half, and – I don't know what Kyle said to the guys at halftime and or whatever the case may be, but the 49ers came out of halftime just a completely different ball game. I mean, they look like how they've been looking, you know, the past, you know, five, six, seven weeks of the season. So, I mean, that's a that's a good testament to to you know, having a lot of veterans that, that understand what's at stake and what's going on and just to the people that's running the organization when you're talking about Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Rhines as the D.C. and all that, those guys came out and whatever the message was, it got clear to the players because they look like a different ball game, different team in that second half. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, you know, in the second half, you, you really saw uh, what we were accustomed to seeing from the 49ers throughout the year is, you know, dominating defense. You know, I think they struggled uh, in the first half and being yeah. able to stop uh, Seattle, which was very surprising. Uh, but, you know, you got to give credit to uh, Pete Carroll and, and Geno Smith and, and and the rest of those guys. DK Metcalf uh, was having a, a, a great yeah. first half um, as well. So um, they they answered the, the bell uh, when they needed to. Uh, but I but I really, you know, think it was the quarterback, rookie quarterback, right? You know, stepping into his first uh, playoff game, you know, probably a lot of nerves, uh, nervousness going on. And so I think, you know, once the the dust kind of kind of settled, uh, he got that first half out of his system. He came back second half and and looked, um, you know, really like a veteran out there. He really took command. Uh, they put the ball in, in, in Christian McCaffrey's hands, Debo Samuel, the guys who they need. Uh, and it was effective. We'll get to the uh, comments here in just a moment. If you have any questions or comments for myself, Gerard, or Rodney, feel free to drop them in the chat. Uh, we're just going over the wild card right now, talking about a game that does not reflect the score. Chargers, Jaguars, 30-31. to 31. Mm. What? That is not what it looked like at, at halftime, I'll tell you that much, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun game to watch. I mean, uh, seeing the Chargers jump out the way that they jumped out, you knew Jacksonville was going to settle in, though. I mean, guys have kind of been in those type of situations and those type of games. Uh, the way the the way that um, the way that the Chargers jumped out of there it was just mistakes by by Jacksonville. I mean, it wasn't like the Chargers was just you know beating them in every aspect jacksonville was kind of hurting themselves and then once they settled in and man i like jacksonville's defense man i mean if you if you don't if you take away those four interceptions trevor lawrence throws i think jacksonville holds the charges to 14 points or under uh i mean because when you're when you're up by that much you know every point matters going forward so it's almost like man we can't give up a field goal we can't give up anything and it's just a testament to Jacksonville's defense that, you know, you get down 24-0 or whatever the, the score was and you keep it there and give your offense more opportunities and more time to to kind of catch back up. And uh, and that's what happened. And then once that momentum shifted, you, you saw the pressure on the Chargers. Like, hey, like you saw that defense take the field like we have to get a stop. Like it wasn't the same aggressive play that we saw in that first quarter and that second quarter from that Chargers defense was almost just like, man, somebody please, you know, stop the bleeding a little bit. And Jacksonville just rode that momentum and a testament to Doug Peterson and his staff, man. I mean, I think I think y'all call him Dougie P. Rod Rodney. Was that his nickname? Dougie yeah. P. Yeah, I mean, you know Dougie <laughs> P earned a lot of I mean, he already had respect. I mean, it's a Super Bowl winning coach, I think. But when you're on that national spotlight in that situation and just as a player that might be going into free agency, a player that might be on the cusp of, you know, being on a new team, you see that type of energy and that type of coaching and that type of play. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be some some interesting people trying to get to Jacksonville this offseason. Yeah, man. The free agent acquisitions uh, came into came into play, uh, came up huge. You know, Dougie P leading the troops. Uh, you know, hiring him was the first step. And then going out and, and, and getting guys like Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, um, they all stepped up, man. All three and, of them. And, yep. In meaningful ways, and they've done that since they've been on this run. And and that's why I picked them, honestly. You know, last week I made that decision because I felt like they've been in that playoff mode for the last all of December. Of yeah. yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? And and they're dangerous. And then they're at home as well. You know, the Chargers are a good team, but they're not physical. Um, I, I like, like you said, I like Jacksonville's defense and the physicality that they play with. It was a surprise to see um, – you know, how, how, um, how quickly uh, they were down in that game. You know, mm -hmm. it just looked, it just looked very uncharacteristic of them. Uh, but, you know, on the other side, you have one of your best players, you know, who, who kind of um, really gave Jacksonville life, you know what I'm saying? With, with Bosa having those two penalties, man, very timely and uh, mm -hmm. which they happened. And so every little thing matters in the playoffs. You never know, the effects of it, you know what I'm saying, you do, and you overlook it, you know, in the regular season. But, man, games like this, you know, come down to those last few, you know, game of inches, literally. Yeah. And, you know, you just think if if one of those, you know, he he just has – he just is level-headed, a little more level-headed, then, you know, maybe it's a, a different outcome and the Chargers move on. Absolutely. A game that was actually what it looked like on paper to me – this game was tight the whole time. Dolphins at Bills, 31-34. I was just watching this game going. Obviously, there was some question marks there near the end uh, for the Dolphins when it come to 
uh, coaching, I guess, uh, that you, you could put it that way. Any thoughts on this game? I saw the highlights of it. I knew that the Dolphins defense was going, you know, come ready to play. I mean, you're talking about division rivals, division foes. Whenever you're playing somebody you're familiar with, you know, it's always going to be a battle. Um, you know, so for those guys to go out there and that and and kind of I guess shocked the world initially when when nobody was expecting the Dolphins to play as well as they play with a backup court, with a third string quarterback and you know in that situation um you know they made they had Josh Allen frustrated I mean you I mean and I saw a stat that I think Josh Allen got 30 like turnovers it's like 30 turnovers with interceptions and fumbles combined and everybody thinks that's a problem going forward because you can't win turning the ball over uh especially in the playoffs I mean I mean we saw Jacksonville do it and come back but they, it just don't happen like that on a week-to-week basis but um Bill showed again though why why they one of the top teams you know in the league and one of the I guess Super Bowl favorites in the league when you face adversity you lean on your best players and you lean on your vets you know to pull guys through and that's what they did in a tough game yeah that's it did surprise me at how close that game was uh I think I was early on I think I may have been out and I saw it was maybe like 14 Nine or, something, like or something, yeah. something like that and then all of a sudden I got home and it was like 17 something that happened I'm like like what 20 to 17 yeah or something I'm like what's going on like what did I miss uh but yeah, it just goes to show you, I think more importantly, you're seeing a lot of division games in these playoffs and teams know each other very well. Um, and so I think that's why the games, you know, are so close and in, in, in the battles. I mean, let alone it's the playoffs, but even more so, I think it's division opponents, the robbery, uh, a little more emotion behind it, even more than, you know, what the playoff brings and creates. So. Uh, it's interesting, but I, I think, you know, as you go throughout your journey, especially in these playoffs, man, you want to be tested. Uh, and it's good to be tested early so that, you know, you get familiar uh, with being in those positions and, and see how your team responds. And, you know, the Bills responded at a championship level. Uh, they answered the call and they showed up. And when it mattered, they got it done. So no matter, nobody cares if you win by one point, man, as long as it's a W, yep. uh, your season continues and, now, you know, they face the Bengals uh, next week. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, again, we're going to get over to the NFC side real quick. Uh, as the middle game on Sunday happened, Daniel Jones has really came into his own uh, this year. I, I, I really feel like he's stepped in and become that guy that the Giants have been hoping he was going to be when he, when he was drafted. He had himself – he had himself a heck of a game against the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, when you get the right coaching staff and, you know, all the pieces work, I mean, that's why, you know, some of these players get bad raps and, you know, fans like to, you know, jump on them early when things don't seem right or they're not playing up to the – caliber that you know people think that you have to play but everything matters when you're talking about it in professional sports man so you need the right coach you need to be in the right fit that suits you you need you need all those type of things and coach DeBall, man he's been doing a hell of a job he did a hell of a job and seem seeming like he just understands his roster and what they do best and what they don't do uh do well and he coaches that way he coaches to try to put these guys in position and it seems like he just made the game a lot simpler for Daniel 
Daniel Jones. Like, hey, these are your reads. If it's not there, make something happen with your feet. Like, use what God gave you to help win games. They don't have to be the prettiest. You don't have to act like Josh Allen or act like Pat Mahomes. Be you at the end of the day. And it seems like this year he is just being like the the true – He's I don't know. It just seems like he's being true to himself and the attributes and what he can bring to the table. And it's working for these guys. They're, they're, they're a dangerous team to play in the playoffs because, I mean, they're looking at it like we don't have anything to lose. Everybody's been writing us off the past few years. You know, everybody has this perception about the Giants and, you know, and all that. And then when you get on the field and play against these guys, you're like, oh, my God, like these guys can really play. This is a really damn good football team. Yeah, uh, you, you got to tip your hat to, to coaching uh, and the culture that they've created there. Uh, and even more so, the the players have uh, they believe and they bought in, and you can and you can see their their style of 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 that they play with and their identity, and they're used to the close games. And I and I had a feeling that it would be a one possession game, um, or something along those lines. But I I really felt as though Minnesota would probably be in control. Uh, but you saw the the opposite. You saw the Giants in control from you know start to finish and it it was pretty dominating to me on both sides you know it was hard to, to not notice eight you know daniel jones really took control i know it was like one series i'm like man he is just doing whatever he wants you know what i'm saying whether it's hitting the open receiver in stride you know what i'm saying they send a blitz he's finding the right guy or you know he's he's doing it with his legs um and the teams who who have the most success, you know, it's all is comes down to quarterback play, and so if he can continue to play at this level, um, you know, they'll have a, a good chance uh, next week. You know, when they go up to Philly, man, for a division opponent. Absolutely, uh, we're gonna get through these last two games really quick since you got to leave here in just a couple minutes. Um, did Tyler? Did that fumble return by Tyler Huntley? put this game in the bag for the Bengals. It was a wrap. He thought he yeah. was Trevor Lawrence, man. You like yeah. you had to understand where you are. And what was interesting about that play is uh and I think the announcers pointed it out, you know, you have guys pushing him from behind, mm-hmm. you know, which you know is you see that from Philly all the time and, and a lot of teams. But I, I think, you know, Hunley did his own thing and he decided to jump. Um and you know it cost him big man like that that was the game literally right there. Um, and, and I feel bad for the Ravens and, and Huntley as well because I felt like they played well enough to win. But Oh, they definitely did. They definitely played well enough to win. Um, and I, I, felt, I feel for Huntley because I feel like, you know, as a player, there's certain moments that come to where you feel like, hey, I'm, I got to make a play. You know, yeah. instead of just doing what you've been coached to do, the the routine quarterback sneak play, I think he was just thinking like, man, I just have to make a play. It's, it's been a lot that whole week, the talk about, hey, Lamar's not going to play, backup quarterback, they can't do this, they can't do that. And he's in the mindset of trying to prove people wrong as well. And he was playing a hell of a game. Yeah. Uh, but I think he just didn't realize, you know, it was it was on the two-yard line. That that's It's tough to jump from the two like that. Now, if it mm-hmm. was – you know, one yard, half yard line. Yeah, maybe that's a quick jump over and you can do that. But when you're so far back, man, especially when you don't have the the wingspan and the length to really do that. I mean, it's just tough. And uh, 
and I know he wasn't thinking that he would even fumble, even trying it, whether he was going to get it or not. I want, I know he wasn't thinking like this could, you know, be a fumble. So you got to give a testament to the Bengals defense because you practice stuff like that. Like, hey, he's a jumper. You see that on film. Like, hey, he's a jumper. When he does this, make sure we give somebody that's going to rip this ball out or meet him right there. And, you know, it just worked in the Bengals' favor. Uh, I feel like, though, if they score a touchdown that drive, that game is over. I mean, it, yeah. it, just, it just seems like the Ravens' defense had a – you know, uh, they were playing everything top down. They were giving up the short stuff. Bengals couldn't really get in anything down the field. And I feel like they had a good feel of what the Bengals was trying to attack them. And, uh, you know, this one of the first times this year, the Bengals defense saved the offense and uh, they come out with a victory. Yeah, man. Shout out to the defense, you know, for <laughs> coming up big on that play. Because, you know, some teams, defenses, you could easily pack it in and be like, man, they're going to score. Yeah. We're going to move on. But, you know, not only did they get to the stop, but they got the turnover plus the touchdown. So. Defend every blade, every you feel blade me? of grass. grass. Yes, you got to. sir. Absolutely. Last game, Cowboys completely obliterated Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this was a pretty one-sided game from the get-go, and the Cowboys, for the first time in a while, looked like they actually belong in the playoffs, and uh, – what happened in this game? What, what What's going on in this game uh, for, from your guys' point of views? I mean, Tampa, think- it was the same. Oh, my fault, right? Yes, I mean, it's, it's just what we've been seeing from Tampa all year. I mean, not, nothing changed. I mean, Tampa's been playing like this all year. Uh, I was kind of expecting Dallas to come out with this type of energy, this type of fight, you know, focus, ready to go. I mean, they know what's at stake. Dallas have had a great year this year. Uh, and they, they knew on paper that, you know, they should dominate this game. Uh, whatever Tampa's issues was as far as the communication with the wide receivers, Tom and this, maybe it goes back to training camp in the summer when, you know, Tom missed a lot of it, you know, took two weeks off from training camp and all that type of stuff. I mean, just Tampa season did not start the way that, you know, how you traditionally supposed to start a season in the off season. Uh, when your main quarterback is retired, coming back, then he's not there for two weeks. He got this going on at home or that, you know, uh, I mean, you, you miss some of the stuff that helps you win the games in December and January and stuff like that. So whatever those issues were, it came back and bit him because, I mean, it, it was exactly what we saw from Tampa the week before and the week before that. And Dallas, they improved from the week before. I mean, Dak looked like he's, he's got his, his mojo back going and he was out there, uh, he was out there playing a hell of a game. Yeah, that was a huge confidence booster for Dallas, you know, being able to go on the road, win a playoff game, 90s since they won a playoff road. And I didn't uh, know that victory. when they yeah, said that. That, <laughs> that was wild. I was like, yeah, dang, since 94? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is, man. And so I, I think that does a lot for that team. Uh, it gives them a, a sense of confidence and belief in, in one another, but more importantly in Dak. Uh, and the way he played, you know, he played lights out versus a Hall of Fame quarterback on the other side that many fear and and, and know, you know, what type of uh, player Tom Brady is in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I thought Tampa would have a better performance than what they did. But Gerard said it, man, they they showed they, they didn't get away from who they've been all year. Um, they struggled offensively all year and, and defensively it's hard to mm-hmm. to um, to withstand and hold up, you know, when the offense constantly is, is going three and out or, or, or not moving the ball uh, in which ways that you're accustomed to seeing. So uh, shout out to Dallas, man. They, they played they play great um, in all three phases. 
on the road, like you said, on the road too. It's tough to win on the road, regardless who you're playing. Uh huh. Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, real quick before you end up going, Rodney Dibbins says the Cowboys will blow it. Don't worry. Uh, Jason David says Cowboys and Bills Super Bowl. He's got the Bills winning. And DS Goodbar says from the beginning of the season, I said it's going to be Eagles Bills, so I have to stick with it. Rodney, who you got right now for the Super Bowl? Uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> I got um I got the Bills coming out the AFC. And uh whew, it's coming down to the Eagles and the 49ers. That's gonna be a hell of a game. I'm I'm calling it um man. I think uh <laughs> it might be Philly might be going back, man. It might be going back. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I, I understand there is a lot of questions in the chat about whether or not Rodney's coming back or not uh, to play in the NFL or to the Colts in general. Uh, I, 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 he's already stated in the past he needs some time to sit around with his family, right? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm sure we'll we'll hear something from Rodney at some point during this offseason. But right now, Rodney, appreciate you taking that little bit of time that you had uh, to come on with uh, Gerard and I and do a little bit of a live stream. Gerard and I is going to stay uh, for the second half, but I know that you got a meeting to get to. So thank you so much. All right. Yeah, hold it down, fellas. See you next week. I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Gerard Powers, Rodney McLeod. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.